Holy crowd control, homie. That is like stun locking. Like you're in the air and you die before you even come back down to the ground. Great. Yes, yes, I Thanos. wanted to trigger you and I Oh, succeeded. you did. I was like, don't even talk to me about this. Don't even. I hate it. So bad. Lazy game design. I hate uh, it. But like other, other uh, perspectives. They were paving another path through Vera. This was the way of the Ashes Pathfinder. Many adventurers strive for the same, but these banded few, for them it was a tradition. It was in their blood as much as part of who they were as it was their ancestors before them, always forward and always on course for the next adventure. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back Trigger Faisal. Up, <laughs> I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna explain. If you noticed I was a little not on point with our intro, I'm gonna get to that too because Faisal tried to trigger me as we started the damn podcast. So I'm gonna actually engage in it. I told him to put a pin on it. We're gonna do it. I don't usually start off like full freaking rant right off the rip, but damn it, Faisal. Anyway, that's probably clip worthy. And oh, we've already got some things in chat. But first, before we get dug into today's show, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping the flames of this community bolstering greater week after week, friends. And as always, if you'd like to show us some love, do us a solid, go over to our Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder, hit up the pop pin post, look for the links, go to the iTunes one, give us a review. If you give us five stars in a comment, we'll read it here on the show. Actually, we'll read any comment on the show as long as it's not ridiculous or trolly or baiting me into a rant. But you can call in to 1-539-664-6801. Leave us a message on the telephone or you can shoot the Pathfinder grunt over at ashespathfinder.gmail.com a email at some point in time. They'll get it to us when they're good and ready, which I'm pretty sure will be on their own damn time because of grunts these days, man, like them peons, you know? Okay. Friends, thanks for joining us here. Much love to the Ashes fam every week. We are in 164 episodes. We had a loaded show last week. Definitely check it out if you haven't yet. Um, we had a we had like literally what half tilt myself, Faisal, Daedalus, and Pasha. We had five Pathfinders deep on the show. All right. I think this year I'm gonna look for finding one more regular Pathfinder to have on this show as well. Daedalus joined our sister podcast or the homie podcast, the the twin to this one, if you will, which is the uh, LFM podcast on Thursdays. Check us out 5 p.m. Central for that one. Daedalus joined us over there and we had a nice big ranty session. But boy, I've got a couple related to game development that got my ass chapped this week, man. It's driving me nuts. 
and I got to talk about it, and it's going to make its way into this show. So if rants aren't part of what you like about the show, you might want to plug your ears or something. I don't know what to say, but it's going to happen. It happens every now and again. It's not really specific to Ashes, though, but we are going to talk Ashes. Got a new set of cosmetics we'll talk about. We got the Q&A stuff to finish off this week and a few community discussions around game development that I thought would be fun to talk about. Speaking of game development, Faisal, why don't you go on ahead and reference what you were trying to talk to me about? Homie was in the middle of a dungeon going, man, I hope we get done with this dungeon before the show. I was like, better get it done, son. Uh, I'm still not done. <laughs> of course you're not, dude. What's the priority in your life, man? Where's the murder bunny? I mean, the uh, social bunny when you need him, after all. What? I want you to... No, explain to everybody your logic on this. You were like, this is great, Sim. This isn't... Please continue. Go ahead. Share it with everybody. Okay. So, okay. Uh, oh I've been God, playing dude. Lost Ike, and Lost Ike hasn't been on my ra radar whatsoever until my friends came on and said, yo, let's play this. And I said, okay, let's go. Um, so, it, it, generally, <laughs> overall, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Until you reach PvP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that shit is, is abysmal. In, in in the amount of CC that you have. Like if you're playing Berserker or a fighter, you're able to knock up a person. If you combo right, you're able to knock up a person for seven seconds if you'd like. And by the fifth second, he's already dead <laughs> because they do a shit ton of damage. As what well. were you trying to tell me about this, Hazel? What were you trying to tell me about this? Don't you shy away. <laughs> Uh, do it able to Here. cc as much as you want you didn't say cc you said they don't have and stun locking they just have this cool thing where the warrior knocks someone up in the air and you kill them before they get down that's literally crowd control homie that is like stun locking like you're in the air and you die before you even come back down to the ground hey, yes yes i Dana? wanted to trigger you and I oh succeeded. you did i was like don't even talk to me about this don't even i hate it so bad <laughs> Lazy K design. Uh, I hate it. But like other other uh, perspective of the game, where where it comes to graphics, is it's amazing. I love how they do their cinematics and how they uh, transition from that. Then they would let you continue the game. Like if you'd see like a huge army, that's literally the huge army there, and you go attack it, which is amazing. Uh what's it called? And the story is okay. The story is okay. The story is okay. It's cliche. It's cliche yeah, I know. It's the story's not okay, homie. The story is horrible. I jumped in and tried to play a paladin on that game. Sidebar, okay? I, I Look, I'll save it for another time. The story is not good. I said in my it's opinion. okay. I said it's cliche. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> Oh, I, I got There's you off here. Not if you're a murder bunny anyway, right? Because murder bunnies these days don't spew that water all over your keyboard. You'll be all right. Yeah, dude, we, we've got some good conversations today. It's always a good time with the Ashes fam. Um, 
the new cosmetics. Why don't we just talk about them, right? Well, let's get the cosmetic talk out of the way. And if you couldn't tell already, Daedalus has got, he's getting, he's getting into like the theme or he's getting into like the, the habit of having a theme behind him for every show now, right? With some sort of like magic powers, he summons an image behind him uh, via the Discord mages um, or something and basically like showcases what we're going to talk about. And I see part of the uh, cosmetics that are, in the uh, current pack out there. I did a rant about them this week. I'm just going to let y'all and everybody sort of jump in on this. Cause I'm kind of like, there's a part of me that's like, I can dig it. And then a part of me is like, this is a little weird for me, not in a bad way. It's just like, you know, like this is a little strange I mean, in no particular order. Feel free. You, you know. know that I like weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know why you'd be saying that. I know you like weird. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean because I like the Dawnbringer man. And that's as Swallbringer? weird as it, it can get. You're the Swallbringer? Uh, Dawnbringer. <laughs> you call it the, what don't we call it like the Swallbreaker? Swallbreaker, like yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, I don't know what the Dawnbreaker is. Uh, what that is. Swallbreaker is. <laughs> what that is. That, uh... I mean, it's a cool mount. They did some work on it. There was actually a really interesting discussion on the forums recently about mounts and tied into animal husbandry. So we'll talk about that. But big takeaways, I don't want to like make the show about the cosmetics because it's a small cutout of how they're monetizing the game. It does give you insight into how they're creating creatures and, and things like outfits and styles, though, because we've seen that already, right? So thoughts about the current pack, gentlemen. I'm, I'm going to go on record that it isn't my favorite, but I'm still going to get it because I actually think it's unique Ooh. enough, um, especially like the the uh the bird i think was a really just i don't know i just i think it's just it's nice though i'd have to say the mount does look a little cringy but again right i'm i'm not necessarily you know yeah i'm not necessarily opposed to it like i think it just you know as you said it it's more unique it's not maybe like as i don't know Normally what I see like each month is they try to do something that generally like ties with the month itself. So this was unexpected uh, in terms of like what they did, but I still like it. I think my favorite out of all of this is definitely the freehold skin. Cause yeah. you know, I, this gives me some Valheim vibes a little bit just because I'm really, I was really into like building a mead hall and all of that in that game. And it, Kind of gave me some good vibes, but I would say like the the pet and the freehold are my favorite there. But again, I wouldn't say if, if I had to pick, you know, my top 10 favorite sets, this wouldn't be in there, but it's still like really oh, unique man. and I like it. Right. Faisal, I'm trying to ignore my chat right I, now. Just fine. I agree with Daedalus. Those are the two main things that I enjoyed from this uh, month's cosmetic. But I also like the puppy dog um, slash goat. Because I could just imagine him just standing out in my freehold, just staring at people as they walk by. <laughs> is that like your? Is that your murder bunny self guard guardian or something? Is that what's going on? Yep, yeah. yep. That, right. that's a, that's what it is. Are his <laughs> horns like bloodied from the foes said vanquished? Or um... uh, I also kind of like the brace, um, just for role player reasons. That that could be really useful. For oh, so you're saying yeah, you role the play. bug was a nice touch in all that armor? Yeah. I would have to say. 
Whoa, what's going on? It killed the ninja looters in chat. What's going on? I feel like people are already trying to reinforce this false narrative. Do you all understand? Someone created a second false narrative of me in the past week. Do you know this? Have you heard? <laughs> no. Enlighten us. So there's already this, this skewed perception, including Stephen Sharif reinforcing it. Margaret as well. Doesn't help with the devs reinforce it. There's a... There's two sides to every story. It's important to understand both sides. You all clearly, as a majority, like to engage in the Stephen said so narrative. And I just think free thinking is important, but I'll put that to the side. My point is, oh no, oh no, there it is. Ashes and Narrows here. The Den of Sim, I mean Sin, same, same, really though. So I was doing a discussion Wednesday, right, around Ashes, on Twitch and we were like live and we were talking and for some, I don't really understand how this happened. We were talking freeholds or whatever and somehow got framed that mine would be called Sims Den of Sin or something. <laughs> I don't even understand how, right? Just because you say the thing doesn't mean that it's true. Just because you create words, craft them, if you will, around something uh, like, I mean, Sim. Basil, what? If, if if you're going to say something and you're going to make the entire public believe it, it's bound to be true <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I feel like you all are saying that because people say Sim's a ninja looter or Sim's got a Denison, that like when I'm playing the game, that means I'm actually going to do this stuff. Yeah, definitely. 100%. What do you mean? <laughs> I definitely won't purposefully ninja loot. <laughs> <laughs> for example <laughs> for example refer to the said video intrepid shared when steve was talking about something got ninja looted wasn't really the case there just weren't any loot settings there's no way to like what would you do you kill a creature in the world a whole what if we you have a whole i'm saying it again i've said it a bazillion times i don't even know how many times the point's been used out but i'm gonna say it again if you kill a creature in the world if a bunch of people not even in a group kill something in the world everybody walks up and loots the corpse and if nobody tells you not to do it that's not ninja looting that's simply looting a boss's dead body period there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Y'all are skewing the truth. And, and if I get to kill people in the process of me killing things, that's just collateral. <laughs> I mean, under certain circumstances, I would agree. I'm not supporting griefing or anything. See, that's like someone taking Faisal's statement going, he's a griefer. It's like, no, 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 no. No, that's not exactly the same thing. It could sometimes be. <laughs> but the details are important. So anyway, I digress. I digress. Um, <clears throat> the bulldog ram. Very interesting. The hawk was cool. Can we take a moment to appreciate the freaking caravan, though, please? Mm -hmm. That's literally a tavern on wheels, homies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right. It's like join the party wagon. That's that's what's up. It's literally got a bar and a top level bar, too. I'm like, if if it's even remotely possible, someone could get in that and like pass off a drink somehow. Well, then 
dwarves and gnomes. Come on, bro. Or the door gnome and dwarves. <laughs> He's like, he don't even call them dwarves anymore. He call them gnomes. <laughs> you see what happens? Oh, that's what happens to the dick one, man, man. So I'm talking about, dude. Oh, shit. Okay. New cosmetics are pretty cool. Had a super minor vibe. Um, we talked about them whenever I was live this week. Seems like people are hit or miss as usual, right? Some things resonate for some people, some for others. I mean, I think if you're definitely going for the cave dweller, tavern, brawler vibe, this is your thing. The rock, the rock uh, hawk's pretty cool, though, or the little gem hawk or whatever they call it. I forget the name exactly, but pretty sick. I'm a fan, mostly because we know that this is going to have an impact on the visual assets and game, and it's pretty sick. Not a big shocker when it comes to Ashes, right? Uh, let's get into the good stuff. You already dig into some of these discussions. Oh, I like Ashes discussions because why? Because they're tied into game development. And this week, I've got to tell you all something I witnessed that triggered the ever-loving out of me over the weekend. Another MMORPG in development closes doors again and there was like as you see this is another reason that i'm excited about ashes right because ashes isn't one of these unfortunate horror stories like other mmorpgs that have done dirty real talk right done some scummy things but what's scummier right like sort of misleading people and then dipping when there's clearly like misleading there or misleading dipping and then the community forms a discord as a result as they're banding together to try to maybe find some justice for themselves and then other developers for smaller games come in there and try to pitch their brand to you wow oh yeah wow. that happened wow. rant incoming this week i lost my shit when i saw that i was like dude that's as scummy as it gets well not as scummy but it's definitely at the bottom somewhere you know yeah. So just I mean, really thankful for Ashes today. Let me tell you that. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Right? Scummy. Who would, who would think of doing that? Wow. Oh, I'll tell you. We'll talk about it it's another time. <laughs> it's it's like going to the Titanic and, and trying to be in this like lifeboats and like so Yo, true. come here. I'll show you this extra cool product that will save your life in some ways. <laughs> I'll show you where to spend that money, baby. Just follow on up, join my Discord, my <laughs> socials. Get in on the bag wagon. FOMO. Basically, it's fine. Let's talk ashes, man. It's a good day to be in the ashes, fam. You know why? <laughs> Alfina's like checking it out. She's like, I haven't edited it yet, but we're going to get to it. And I'm like, you're going to enjoy this one. So... It's a good day to be part of the Ashes fam because we're going to dig into some community discussions. And there's been, there were some pretty cool ones that actually came up on the Discord. And I will tell you, this one right here, we're going to get started with over the developer Q, sorry, the developer QA back around, was it three weeks ago now we're going on? I think we have, we're on three weeks and we have still not chipped away at all of it because we've had homies on the show talking about the different things and look it over at Ashes HQ. I will link it in chat if you want to follow along. <clears throat> but 
we left off talking about the bards last time, right? So mm-hmm. th- this one's on stealth, and I don't really want to go through and read the whole thing because it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of like I don't know, it's kind of you know basic. Oh yeah, bard hype for sure. We had a really good discussion around the bards last time. Um, there was a discussion though where they asked in the community, "Could you elaborate on the potential of stealth when it comes to both utility and combat?" Um, I didn't get all of it on there because Stephen was sort of split on this one. Uh, the long and short of it is, is that um, essentially it's going to, you know, when it comes down to the utility and combat instances of utilizing stealth, obviously not everyone's going to get it. Stealth is not true invisibility. What we saw in uh, the APOC days, we got to see some of how the uh, the stealth mechanic worked in the in APOC via the what was it the breastplate of invisibility I think if it was not what it was called mm-hmm. I remember correctly yep. and you know you could you could stealth but it was basically it sort of skewed your visibility to where you looked like sort of predator style right mm-hmm. at a distance you really couldn't see even in even through uh, aiming down sights or whatever was going on it was really difficult to actually see a player um, yeah. far away. Especially if they were like hiding like in a bush the, or something. At the very at the very beginning, it was actually just plain visibility. True. But they changed that and refined it mm-hmm. to make it look like that predator look, which is actually way better than just plain visibility. Yes, and and so they kind of Stephen basically talked about like you know invisibility is not true invisibility, even NPCs or players things like that. If you're close enough and they can catch you know they'll have awareness like to catch you. Also, some of them will have skills in their kit to maybe you know break stealth or to to be able to find somebody or whatever like someone who's creeping around who's trying to use stealth to get around. Stealth can be useful to help disengage from certain mechanics in the game. Be important for situational awareness elements and like rating things like that um so that's basically also made a mention of like you know breaking aggro which i thought was a really good reference point too um the importance of utilizing that to sort of break um aggro um in the game so if you're like a rogue and you're like chipping away really hard at a you know a boss or something and you pull you pull the hate off of them for some reason um then you got that as a utility measure to also um you know be able to like manage that yourselves um Overall, I'm kind of curious. Where do you what do you all think about where invisibility currently stands in the game as we've seen it so far? I know Basil kind of hit on that a little bit already, but Basil, did you want to start or? I mean, I mean, I already said my piece, but like, I think where what they really want to do is not something that people won't be able to perceive mm. or like completely hinders the other perspectives or the other side of that coin um that's funny position like if you're trying to be a healer and you're supporting your backline and you're like afraid to get one shot by that one assassin you have a like a better chance of seeing him than a full invis and it's just a radius if he's stepped in that radius he's going to uh, find that but usually games mm. do that very too small and it's usually very too late even if a healer spots the assassin it's just they're done mm-hmm. um so i think they're, they're gonna like this way approach to to the assassin is way more better right than uh, the other way around 
Yeah, I would agree. And I think Nero put it um, well here in chat. I mean, I'm happy we don't have full invisibility, and we, but we still need some form of stealth in game. And I agree. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that it is, it's got like a true set of utility in the PvE side, but it's not totally overpowered from a PvP perspective. Mm -hmm. And that there's some strategy to it. It's not just, oh, I click a, a button and I'm, you know, completely unable mm. to be, yeah. you know, detected unless there's some sort of active skill, which is how WoW has implemented it. And, you know, personally, I've I've been the victim. I've been the rogue. I mean, I, I even I, as the rogue, wouldn't want, you know, full invisibility just because there there has to be a more strategic element to it and there's got to be layers and there's got to be counter point and counterpoint and and i i think it's just a good balance at the end mm -hmm. of the day right is no skill um you know as a baseline should be so overpowered that it's like kind of like an i win button and that's where in some cases right stealth can be that i win button um depending on how you use it and depending on how it's implemented right so i i like the predator feel it actually feels i don't know a little more uh, this is going to be kind of a, a weird word to use but it feels more realistic than like full invisibility to me and i think that's kind of a weird word in a high fantasy mmo but i just like the way it's represented it just it just feels like it fits a lot better yeah, I mean, I think there's like two, there's another part to this too. So uh, I see in chat, so Shay in chat was saying like, no one likes being invincible, right? In general with the, what's the challenge or the point if you, you know, if you, to the game, if you are like, so I, I even say it's like the risk reward element, right? You, when you're in D and D, let's take that from, for a reference. Okay. Cause Ash is a creation. Uh, you know, the, this, this universe comes from what it comes from a campaign set in a pathfinder, uh, you know, tabletop setting which is very similar to D&D, okay? So in D&D, &D, if you want to go stealth, I mean, like every time, like every every Sunday when our group is going and we're doing our D&D &D later tonight, right? We've got a rogue in the group. He's got a role for stealth. Like sometimes it doesn't work, right? Sometimes being in stealth doesn't necessarily mean that like you're perfectly concealed. There's a lot of different vari variables that are uh, incorporated into your success, the, you know, how you're choosing to strategically move about. And I think, you know, when you when you use something like stealth, it's it's about not being as visible or as noticed is the way I, I view it. Right. Like completely being unable to see somebody like in World of Warcraft. I agree. Like, look, I had I feel like this is probably going to get skewed somehow, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've said it before. In World of Warcraft, <laughs> I go into Warsong Gulch and I play PvP. And my favorite thing was sapping people. I love to sap them and just let them sit there in dread of what was going to happen. It was enjoyable. It's happened to me a lot. I would sap them and then it's coming up. And then, you know what I mean? They're like sitting there freaking out. Do they pop their cooldowns? They, they burn it early or do they, I don't know what's going on. Dude, right? I would sap people. And the fact that you could just sap, even with diminishing returns, it's a lot of CC going on there, right? Not including the fact they got kicking all this other stuff. The fact someone's right next to me though, like, right next to a person and you can't see them like the majority of the time that's crazy mm -hmm. right like even the druid self but the druid self isn't as bad as like the rogue in my opinion but 
the point is, is is that doesn't really seem very realistic. There's not a whole lot of like cost uh, or sorry, risk or reward in that situation. There's a lot more heavily weighted over on the reward side than the cost side um, or the risk side rather. But um, yeah, I think, I think in, in APOC, I would also agree with Z. It, it was pretty well balanced because you could get pretty close to somebody if you strategically made that work. If you yeah. had a bad strategy, you'd get busted, right? For example, if I'm stealth and I'm running head on to somebody, I guess probably not going to be very good choice. Like generally, like you're going to be like, oh, I mean, it's the silhouette even, in front of me. Even even running away, if you're trying to run True. away from a person in APOC, yep. like if you pop invisibility in front of them, you're talking about 80% chance he's going to spot you, mostly 90 even. But if you like play it strategically while running away, like take a corner where he's mm. unable to then pop in this, that's a way better strategy. And it actually works a lot of the time, which is great. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I agree too. It should either cost a lot or I think even have like a high risk tied into it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm seeing people and not saying I'm not surprised. I don't really know what to say about y'all talking about that mess, but let's move on to the next question. I, I think that it's interesting to see where people land on this, but I do agree. I felt like in APOC, it was pretty well polished. Um, I was pretty, I was pretty happy with it. I felt like it was good. Um, you know, it worked out really well for me if I tried to flank someone or come up from behind, like, you know, come, you know happen from just like I just feel like if I go if I say what I was gonna say someone's gonna twist it so I'm not gonna say it but my point is is that it, it worked out really good um same thing for when you could use the uh what was it called you remember the name of it where you could uh switch into an object uh what was it called that check that breastplate the one um, where you could switch into like a, a, prop, it was a polymorph right polymorph that Poly was it polymorph yeah. breastplate yeah same for that one because the 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 risk on that one was you've got a cooldown right you got to position yourself to where you essentially are there when they run up next to you but they don't see you you know ahead of time and you don't basically break out of polymorph too quickly so that you're busted you know so there's definitely yeah, a, like a risk reward there too yeah, and, and hope you don't turn into a piece of furniture when you're in the middle of the wilderness, too. <laughs> the roll yeah, of the dice. Yeah. Am I going to be a sign literally uh, on top of a mountain or a bench out in a field? <laughs> you're like, you're like um, or, yes. Or, what? Which one of these or, is that? Like or, the other. <laughs> right? A barrel just sitting out in the middle of like a brook somewhere. You know, you're like, I just wanted or, to be the rock. The river. Yeah. That's just amazing. Oh, Polly made a noise. I don't even remember that. Polymorph was really cool, actually. I like that that skill a lot. Yep. All right, another Q and A point here, and I might actually use this as like a segue into a forum uh, discussion point that I saw because it seems like it could be good. But talking about mounts, like how are group mounts different from regular mounts in regard to unlocking or obtaining them? And the answer was, when it comes to unlocking or obtaining, you can probably imagine that group mounts are going to be a bit more in-depth and rare. These are mounts that have additional mechanics associated with the number of people that can ride them. Interesting point. They might have certain types of weapon systems on those riding points that players can utilize. In that sense, they're going to be more rare and difficult to obtain. So hearing that, I was like, okay, that's uh, that's some new stuff, right? To hear that wasn't part of the original plan, I don't think. Definitely runs parallel with ships and naval content, I think, to some degree. 
However, this is another example of, I think, where when someone comes in, they sometimes get a little worried about something called scope creep. I don't view it that way. I view the modular design plans that Ashes has always been adhering to. So everything's about, comes back down to the bread and butter of this game, modular design. You see parallels oftentimes with the modular design element, don't you? Mm-hmm. With caravan components, ship components, mount, potential barding components, it sounds like. So it makes sense. But overall, some of your thoughts around that? Or issues that you could foresee. I could, I could see. I could see why people might say it's scope creep, but mm. like, I don't. Ah, oh, what's the word? Yeah, I don't really like get worried that much because at the very end of the day, they want to perfect yeah. their game. If they want to innovate, that's okay. But Steven doesn't want to reinvent the wheel. True. Yeah. He said it himself. So mm-hmm. as long as he has some core systems that are fixed and they know what they're doing instead of trying to innovate and change all the time, I think it's going to be okay. And that's me personally. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, mm-hmm. that frankly, you know, when the way you described like what not to do is the way I see like games like Star Citizen operating is you've got like all these new technologies that you're just in a sense just adding on right or plugging into your existing and it's you know if you know i know anything about development when you don't have pieces that necessarily were designed to talk together and you have to make them talk together that makes the design way more complicated so i mean i don't know what's behind the scenes when steven you know talks about like the mount pieces etc but I think what you said, Sim, makes sense is that they're they've always talked about making sure that their design base is modular. And I mm-hmm. one of the things that I recall after, you know, some discussions with the team, God, it's 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 been a minute since PAX and being able just to, you know, sit down um and chat with the developers. Yeah. They were all about building the pipeline at the start to say, okay, this is we're going to handle things and then you know in this specific it was more around the character design and and you know the costume or equipment design but i could totally see this being like philosophy across the board so i'm hoping that's the case i mean i right now i don't have any evidence to judge whether or not this is scope creep or not or if it was something that was always in the plan right we can't really know Mm -hmm. that for sure but i would agree with you like if they have uh, discussed in the past, like something like, you know, naval components and things that you essentially can just slot in and get an ability or slot in and get something, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I expect that that's something that would carry through any aspect of like, you know, mounts or costumes or what have you, right? Utility belts, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't see this as a big issue, right? At least I don't have any evidence to cause any concern right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. It's a cool idea, and I do like the fact that it's rare and it's also more in depth because that gives layers to the gameplay. It gives something for collectors to achieve, and it's not like everybody having those big obnoxious mounts <laughs> all the time, right? It is something that's controlled. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, and the uh, no. the going ahead, phase going in. Like, one last thing I wanted to say is, like, 
Stephen has suggested even with the innovation that they do, if things don't work out, they would scrap that idea if it's not properly made rather than publish it out. Like, like the whole action combat and tap targeting system. He doesn't mind going full tap target, but they're still going to try to implement both systems. You know, that's 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 what I would like like to hear and some some give me assurance to to quality if, if it's get down to to the thing that they're trying to do. Yeah, I agree. I see someone in chat talking about haven't had a chance to play it. I'm like, probably shouldn't be talking about how I've played since 2017, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Although the game was very different back then. It's in a it's in a much better place now nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then it was very much like the pretty traditional tab target MMORPG running around doing your thing. Nothing really too crazy going on there. Yeah. It's it's I'm I'll tell you what I'm really curious and excited and stoked about is like now that we're in unreal engine 5 i'm curious if any part of that is going to play a factor on the actual because i don't know all of the unreal engine 5 stuff and things right i just know about some of the really big ones like world building components um the the project management components that are gonna be very beneficial um but the thing that I'm wondering about, like we've already seen how parkour is like, you know, part of the the thing, showed it off, right? The bat in the earlier development live stream. Um, we know that that's gonna be utilized and be useful. But uh that that hybridization, you know what I mean? Like that switching that that hybrid element, like right now it's basically a hit of a button. And that's not what we ex- we should be expecting in the launch of the MMORPG. Seeing that hybridization, this is the this is one of the big ones, man. This is probably one of the biggest ones for me when it comes down to like fluidity and combat and and all of that stuff. Like if that's not polished and they're they're running with it, it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough if it's not polished. So this is probably the thing out of everything that if I was to say I'm like worried about is probably the thing not because i have reason to be worried about because anybody working on this i would be worried about it because it so often isn't done very well or in my mind right and again right is subject to interpretation right we all have our idea of what we think is right or wrong or what's what's good or bad or feels good or doesn't um based on different play styles and everything but um the closest i get to is like the elder scrolls online it, that feels fluid. I don't, I mean, the combat system in that game is a whole different story, but the, the hybrid element that they have in there doesn't feel bad, but it also doesn't feel like what Intrepid is going to be going for with Ashes. You know, like it feels like a, it feels like an Elder Scrolls thing. If you've played an Elder Scrolls game, oh no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if you have, you see what I'm talking about, right? That's not what they're going for because in Ashes, this hybridization ties a lot more into augmentation system uh and how that applies to different skills and abilities right which we don't really know about a whole lot yet right because even the alpha one gameplay of just hitting a button to switch between two game modes or sorry uh combat modes isn't representative at all of that right so yeah that's when i sorry hit a nerve in chat there my bad Yeah, I've seen that too. A lot of people talking about like, you know, uh, taking influence from things like BDA or BDO, sorry, Black Desert Online, things like that. Um, But anyway, 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 um, 
talking about a little bit of the uh, the combat, not sorry, not combat, but the mount scenario we talked about. Someone on the forums brought this up. So I'm going to sidebar, step over, and we're going to talk about this one real quick. Because I saw it came up, and I was like, this is an interesting discussion around uh, mounts. So someone on the uh, Geronimo on the forums had mentioned a mount sync is 100% necessary for a few reasons. I'm not saying yay or nay or whatever here. I'm just curious what the community listening, watching uh, thinks about this. They made some bullet points, so I'm going to hit the bullet points real quick. And for all of you here, as always, share your thoughts. And to us here at the roundtable, we're going to kind of hit up on this. So one was there should be a mount sync 100% being necessary in the game for a few reasons. One being there are two professions used to create mounts, taming and animal husbandry. Both of them need to stay relevant in the end game. And there's a heavy focus about the end game here. Second bullet point. Mounts do not really degrade in any meaningful way for these professions versus something like a sword, which requires a blacksmith to repair it. As far as we know, again, I would say, keep in mind, we're talking about this. We don't really know for a fact yet. We just have very superficial references. Bullet point three, about one month after release, the common horse will most definitely be the least common mount in the game and might as well not even exist. The rare and uncommon mounts will be everywhere. And bullet point four, every player will have a complete zoo after a few months. New players that are trying to learn these professions will be totally useless because only the few AAA plus professionals will be relevant. I'm not going to say anything yet. I'm just going to let you all bounce back your feedback on this and let me know what you think. And I'll post the bullet points here in chat. Well, I mean, it's an opinion and it's extremely speculative with no evidence. (laughs) So I'll start there. Um, And and I think, honestly, I, the way I feel Mm -hmm. that this post is going, it's, it's going based on the status quo. Now that's not to say there isn't going to be some level of, ramp up like with some history in the game i think i would be very surprised if in a few months everybody has a zoo um because at the end of the day you might have mounts that look differently because of the cosmetic component of it but in terms of performance and what kind of skills they have because we've talked about mount skills and some other things right there may or may not be a wide variety of those right, right. and they may be more and not not like in a bad way, but they may be gated somehow. Either they're not available mm. or they're rare or they require special materials that are rare or something mm. to make and so on. So, I mean, while I think in, in principle, I get what the post is trying to say. I just think the reality is, is we don't have enough evidence to judge. And there are there's also what I feel is a lot. And, and I'm that way, too. Right. In other MMOs. It's, you know, you can have a whole sea of mounts and granted there is, they're all cosmetic, right? There isn't really any, at least from a WoW perspective, you know, they're all cosmetic, right? There isn't necessarily wildly different abilities. It's like, you can go fast, you can go faster, you can go really fast. I mean, Mm. the the difference in in the WoW world. So whether I have like five mounts or 5,000 mounts, it doesn't matter. Right, at the end of the day, as long as I have the right skill to use the abilities to go faster or fly or whatnot. Mm. So, you know, personally, again, I'm, I don't have enough evidence to make an a, opinion on what the developers will or will not do, but I agree it's a 
cautionary tale is the way we, you know, mm. will see mounts in this game. Mm. It, it needs to be handled well enough where those more rare things, you know, will be actually rare. And it does take some investment to get to those top tier. And it's not just everybody can do everything, which again, philosophically, that's not what you know, Intrepid is going for. They've said time and time again. So I expect there is going to be some differentiation there and the market isn't going to bottom out yeah. within a few months. I would be very surprised, shocked even if that happened. Uh, but again, not enough information to really judge, but interesting take on the situation. Yeah. And I think too, like when I like read through that, my thoughts were um, it's a bit presumptuous to, to th I mean, to me, I'm already sitting here going the main thing about this specifically that like, I think is uh, not, not quite accurate is like, think about this. Okay. They're saying after a few months, we think a few is like, what, three months, right? Three, four months, something like that. Mm -hmm. After a few months that this is going to be relevant. Keep How long does it take to get to max level if you play pretty regularly in Ashes? Like a month and a half or something? You're not getting to max level quickly, right? We still don't know. Important part, don't know. Don't know how long it's going to take to even get to the top of that artisan profession in the first place. Mm -hmm. Much less everybody be able to have all these different ones in their collection. Cause I mean, I'm thinking that's going to be a while till that happens. I'm just thinking it's going to may maybe be like six months to a year before you see somebody who maybe even has a lot of that stuff. That's probably for the ambitious um, person. Cause you got to think of like money and how many people on a server are doing enough taming or how many people are doing animal husbandry uh, and then all the dials on that. Like, what is that even? We don't even know. Right. Yeah. I mean, and what, what say, level of random is too? Let's say if it's not Ashes, but uh, another MMO. If he's talking about another MMO, I think maybe ha he has a little bit of merit to what he's Sure. Saying. Especially concern, uh, I think. But, yeah. but with Ashes, everything is going to be scarce. And... I don't yeah. think people are going to travel from one area of the node to another just to get one mount. That's one. Across and the two, world, you yeah. Have to put, you have to put the human factor in. Is this guy actually going to make you a mount? Like, he most probably mm -hmm. going to make it for his friends, his guildmates, but why would I make it to this stranger unless if, he, if there's a huge incentive to it, like money or... Yeah. Yeah. And you got other elements in there too, right? Like if yeah. I if there's a specific creature in the world over on the eastern continent somewhere, I gotta travel over there, right? Mm -hmm. Go to the area, and then I gotta worry about a murder bunny killing me when I'm trying to tame. There's all kinds of things you gotta worry about in this game. Am I right? Or am I this right? This is where I promote business. If I go to an area, if you buy one, I give you the second for free. Don't worry about it, boys. Wait, hold <laughs> on. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'll, I, for a minute the there. The first I, step is yeah. free, and then you what? I, I have to pay you not to kill me the next time? <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like, I demand blood for the blood gods. He hasn't said it yet, but that's we all know that's what he's thinking. Yeah, exactly. They've like they said, scholars have got a good point, right? Here, here's the main reason that this isn't something I think that people need to be concerned about, especially at this 
at the point when the game launches, right? I think there's like the comparison to other games where you can just speed run it, get there, max everything out, and then everybody's got it. Ashes is not that game, right? Scarcity, like you said, is important, right? Um, it, only artisanship, remember, becoming a master artisan in a particular uh, branch on a tree for an artisan profession, you're only going to one, so yeah, like having someone that can get to the top of that, becoming a master crafter in one particular area, it's going to take work. There's not going to be a lot of them out there. It's the beauty of, you know, meaningful trade and, you know, gathering and professions and all that stuff is not everybody can do it. It's not like, you know, an ESO right now, you go nine trade crafter, you can craft everything. Literally, you just got to have skill points. Kind of sucks in that way, doesn't it? Because I don't have to really go to anybody else. I can go do it all myself. This is the very much in my perspective opposite of that because you literally, you know, got to find the master artisan for this specific tree. And then do they have this available to make in the first place? Super rare. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. I got the ESO reference hurts the people around right now. It hurts me too. You know, it hurts me too, right? Which is one of the reasons that many of us here are excited about Ashes of Creation because, you know, like trade and crafting and caravans and politics, these things are all very, very meaningful in the game, the design pillars, right? Meaningful. So back on track, unless we have any other thoughts about that one real quick, because I don't want to. I want to try to hit on all these because we're already coming up this week on what next week's going to be the 20th. It's literally going to be the last show before the daggum live stream again. Right. So, oh, oh no, the clips are happening. Watch what you say. Oh, wait, did any of that stuff I said earlier get clipped about ninja looting? Did anybody? <laughs> Shit. I believe it. I believe it did. Oh, yes. no, dude. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's almost like it's, it's reinforcing. Is it purposeful? I don't know. Probably a bit. All right. How will homestead skins affect the space available for furniture? It's one of the questions. Oh, it did. Thanks, Alfina. Good looking out, homie. You can always count on you. The answer was, so the space available for furniture should be relatively similar between building types, and we'll try to make sure that that's the case. When it comes to how furniture is incorporated as part of your layout and allotment, these are going to be hard numerical values based on the building type you have. So the larger the home, the more furniture pieces you have. From a space perspective, that is something accounted for in the modeling of the actual buildings. Here's the hoping we got enough space for enough stuff and things. Hopeful. Yeah, that was a good one. Because one of the things that just drives me nuts is when you're like, you know, you're like trying to play stuff and you're like, I'm out really already, you know, just because you placed a lot of like cups and plates and shit like that. And you put all that stuff down and you're like, oh, great. The kitchen and the and the dining area look fantastic. Oh, I've got enough room to play place like a bed and a couple nightstands maybe now. Yikes. That's unfortunate. That's the worst, isn't it? When it comes to housing. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the George I kind of got lost with the whole plates and spoons. I'm not gonna lie. Really? <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> wait, what do you mean? What do I mean? What do you mean? What is that? What do you mean? 
No, you. What do you mean? What do you mean by plates? And you, you know, right? Murder Bunny. Does the Murder Bunny not use plates and forks and spoons? I mean, I mean. I mean, or you all like there is no spoon. I with my bare hands, but fine. <laughs> all right, is it this same bloody? I mean, bloody... we eat burgers with our hands, Sim. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Look, I got no problem eating a burger with my hands or, or any other food for that Sim, matter. Come on. <laughs> Ribs, yeah, come on, man. I don't know. Anyway, savage we are. I mean, that's yeah, true. So, well, some people Indeed. like their fancy silverware. I mean, you got to get nothing it to wrong them. with on. going a little caveman on your meal, man. It's, it's all true, good. right? Fire, charcoal. I'm all about it. It's fine. All right, here's another one. Will we be giving naming conventions based on the individual races and cultures? So, I mean, this is kind of a short answer because a lot of this is going to be based on we we are at a point where I think they can talk about a lot of this, but. The answer was at some point, yes. Again, we're wanting to keep a lot of that stuff pretty close to the chest. Mainly because this is going to relate to like lore and things, right? So he said, though, as we enter Alpha 2 and Betas, this stuff's going to be revealed. So when people were concerned about, uh, you know, not being able to know anything about the lore and everything, it sounds pretty obvious that the, the we're, we're going to get a pretty good amount of lore when we hit Alpha 2 because some of this stuff's going to be pretty visible via quest, et cetera, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Also, I think, you know, if you like wait to like show showcase some of that to like too close launch that if it's like narrative stuff and it's one of the game pillars, you don't test it either, do you? And then you go into the game and you got all these potential bugs and stuff. So there's that. Oh, no, we didn't get and um, we don't have a day for Alpha 2 yet at this time. Seeing the question in chat, so I'm afraid not, homie. Um, another another point here. Feel free to jump in as I'm, I'm hitting on this one. I feel like Faisal is going to like this. Will mounts have the ability to charge and trample? Or will players be able to use lances or mounts? Oh, yes, please. Please. We, we know that Thank certain you. mounts have certain abilities. You just want to, what do you want to do? Trample somebody? Basil? Dude, I, w- I, want, I want the ram mount, and I would just ride into battle as a dwarf with my lance. Please make that. <laughs> I think the ideal like, with the mount lance. skill <laughs> the ideal mount skill for Faisal would be an ability to like trample somebody and then put that stuff in reverse. That would be the ideal one. Because he wants to make sure he confirms the kill of the <laughs> You imagine him trampling somebody, then rolling by with his lance and sticking him in the ground just to put him up in the air and take a look. Watch the blood fade down and hear him saying, more blood for the blood gods. That's 100% a likely possibility. Such a true story. 100%. I I know Faisal. That's... I ain't gonna deny it. I would do it to the, like in a heartbeat. Sim. <laughs> oh, to be oh my god, and it was not impressive. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> You're like, it's a little anticlimactic, really. Like you know. All right, to what? This one's good. Like that. Obviously, we can't get a hold on that. We got a few more questions I want to hit on. I want to hit on a couple other ones related to community and stuff too, because I, I really am looking forward to these uh, conversation pieces. All right. To what extent? Oh, I'm gonna, let me back up. I didn't even answer the damn thing. We had a Faisal showcase. I'm so sorry. My ADD is getting the best of me today, everybody. The answer to that about that is, yes, there will be a number of different combat feature skills on a mount. Um, 
kind of depends on the particular mount, its breed, and sometimes a little bit of RNG aspects to the creation of these mounts and your acquisition of them. So tying into what we talked about earlier, which was anybody? Animal husbandry. Yes. So I'm hearing. Yes. Okay. So this is a corruption question. We've had some discussions around corruption previously. We talked about griefing, open-world PvP elements. To what extent will the corrupted areas affect the node if the players decide not to deal with it? And does it have a limit, or can corruption go as far as to destroy nodes? Good question. I love that question. <clears throat> the answer. Mm. If you don't address I corruption then it can go as far as to increase the level of NPC-driven events against the node. Okay. Those NPC-driven events can disable node buildings, features, and services. And disabling those things can make a node susceptible to sieges and the ability for players to destroy nodes. That's the intent of corruption to present a challenge to players that if it's not addressed, it becomes exacerbated and really a problem over time. I had a question about that, but I want to see what you all think about that first. I mean, I like it. I guess I de it depends on what they mean by events, because I'm, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to get to mm. the topic where we talk a little bit about that other MMO. Um, we are, sir. We call it that. Put a pin so in this I, one, friends. Okay, then I, I will, I'll put a pin in this one. Perfect. Because I personally, I think if it's not done correctly, this is a triggering point for me. So. You know what? F it. F it. This is inclusive of that. It's uh, the question. The topic was something I had a pin in from last week. Right. We'll, we'll circle around this one. There's a few layers to this. Nodes are the literal foundation of this game. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it's so let's talk about it. OK, so layer one. Talk about it. The question of someone asked me, hey, Sim, how do you how do nodes in Ashes of Creation compare to that new world? I had an answer. It's a very it's not even the same thing from my perspective, right? But Daedalus, let's talk about your point, like concern, etc. Okay, I mean, you know, before I talk about like the nodes uh, I guess comparison, I mean in terms of like the corruption piece, there was a I would say a mechanic where you could have, you know, levels of let's just say like corruption or um like portals that if left unchecked would create an NPC event where, where, you know, one of the local areas that players could claim would have an event where you know, <laughs> the monsters would come in. And if you lost you, you know, something got, you know, knocked down in level, right? If there was like a, a blacksmith, he was level three, you know, would go down to level two, et cetera. And then the, or the town would need to rebuild that particular thing. Mm. Well, the one thing that um, I felt, and this is a similar beef with how they handled sieges on, you know, these locales, mm -hmm. um, was it was constant. It was to the point of nausea. It's like, Okay, today we have like, you know, you know, three or four different areas that are corrupted. And of course, we had declarations of war on another thing. So it's like, literally, if you didn't know life, the game, right, there was there was so much there was like almost an overabundance of activity that it just I mean, it burned players out pretty quickly. Um, so personally, I mean, I like the idea that they have here. 
Um, I'm just like cautionary tale. Let's execute it in such a way where it doesn't become so much of a like time sink or, and I don't want to say too much of a challenge because that's not what I mean. It just, when it's, when this type of event oversaturates the, the entire server in some form or another, and whether that's like node sieges or these corruption events, it's, it's going to put people at a point of burnout. So definitely there's a good balance here. I want these types of things to be challenging to players. I want them to have to be able to band together, come up with a strategy, et cetera, right, to combat these. But I don't want it to be to a point where it just gets everybody burned out. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's it just almost makes them meaningless to say, okay, this is going to happen. Yeah, I give up. Let's just move on and you know do something else. Right. So personally, right. I think that that's my my big issue with this, again, being triggered from, you know, what I saw in New World um, versus what, you know, I expect. It's, it's to me, it's like spiritually or, you know, similar in terms of like the thought process. I just think the execution was terrible. And I agree with you on the node comparison. I mean, this was definitely like node super light in yeah. uh, New World. Truth. Uh, I, I just... I just see it as honestly like a pale comparison to what I'm expecting the node system um, and kind of all the other systems that govern an area where players need to, you know, yeah. there's player agency to build that town up, et cetera. So personally, I, I think it was an attempt to do something like ashes that just fell flat in my opinion. Yeah. We, we talked about that even in, in uh, new world's development here on the show too. It was like, I see what you're doing. Don't think you're going to be able to swing it, man. Just saying. And rip. Yeah. Faisal, you had some thoughts, I think. Right. I mean, I didn't really play New World, so I can't really chip in on that part. But I mean, yeah. I can got ideas where, like, if, if basically, if they don't deal with the corruption, they would have a wave of, like, let's yeah. say, monsters attack the node or. Instead of of having that one event where it reaches to a metropolis stage and a huge dragon, let's say it attacks a city, it's no longer just a normal dragon. It could be a corrupted dragon where it's way harder to kill um, than, mm. than that normal dragon. Like there, there's a lot of other ways that they could go creative with this. Uh, yeah, I don't know where the monster coin system is gonna play into this as well. Like. If you use a monster coin, will you have enhanced abilities or are you just going to be just like that normal gameplay that they showed us? Um, there's multiple ways of going about this. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I didn't play New World because I it doesn't resonate for me. Yeah, it's uh, thematically, narratively. We all talked about this plenty of times um, but but I, I knew enough about the game and what what it was aiming to do they just they had a, a really tight loop right and having nodes or I, I just call them zones right really is the way I just mm -hmm. look at it it's the most rudimentary system it's existed for ages um, I don't know how much of that they might have planned to uh, try to capitalize on but I mean clearly from my perspective they you know my mind they, they tapped out um, on testing to to meet the the quota, right? I mean, that's the return on investment thing. That's my perspective. They 
they they launched it at a point when it wasn't really where it could have been and as a result you got something a little bit more basic maybe they'll iterate upon it who knows um night and day difference compared to ashes i mean the the literally nodes are why the game has the potential to be the replayability to be there for a very long time just with the base game alone right you want more content you take another node out in another region right that'll unlock more stuff and things that don't exist otherwise whether that be creatures dungeons whatever the case might be um so it's it's a night and day difference for sure like new world it had a lot of great things to it but it to make a comparison between the new world game and um you know, Ashes is just night and day to me. I don't think you can do it. Um, so, although I do think to a degree, the people that were playing New World probably got, I don't know if it, I'd say they got at least a feel for what it means to be in a zone of influence and contribute. Right. So I think foundationally, it's definitely there, you know. But, but to compare it, it's night and day difference. You can't make the same comparisons. Um, let's go on to this one here, unless y'all have some other thoughts about this one real quick. No, yeah. I'm good. Cool. Perfect. So this one's about the beloved transition we're all thinking of, UE5. Um, when it comes to the transition to UE5, what's your favorite armor set that you're excited to see in the new engine? Um, that was an interesting question. Um, it didn't really have to do about uh, Unreal Engine specifically, but it had to do more about like just Steven and what he was looking forward to. I thought his answer was interesting because he actually referenced uh, what, you know, he actually referenced something that I think is important here, which is visually the interaction with the lighting and lumen that's what I liked hearing. That was it right there. So he confirmed armor sets will have a tie-in to lighting, right? In Lumen. So I'm thinking, yo, those some of those sets with the ambient lighting going on. Let me finish. He said, think that the interaction Lumen is going to change the appearance of materials and assets in the game as we could have seen with our de de December presentation of the UE5 level. He said it was hard. Um, it was hard for him to answer a specific set, but he basically talked about how he had a preference for light cloth. I just want to see some of these sets that we've seen via cosmetic or otherwise. I mean, even that wolf, man, even that wolf didn't have really like lighting to it or whatever, but the eyes like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I, I want to see some armor sets. I'm a big fan of there being ambient lighting on armor. Sometimes if they're like magically imbued, just not to the point where it's like over the top. I like it being subtle. So that's the thing I want to see is how do things like armor sets or mounts or spell effects interact with the world and the lighting differences that we're going to get to see them taking advantage of in Unreal Engine 5. One thing that I think um, was also exciting about this, and now it's not UE 5 specific, but the fact that they're really being thoughtful and we already have seen it in some of the test stuff they're being thoughtful about how cloth and movement and this, how the simulation of cloth happens within the game. That to me is like, I, I just remember the days of dark age of Camelot where you had a Cape and that Cape was like static behind you. And, you know, it was like cool to have a Cape, but there wasn't really any movement there. Um, so let's, I'm, I'm liking the fact that they're really thinking about um, that cloth physics yeah because it's it's one of those things where you're like you want to get that right too because it just adds to the immersion truth animation 
and the way the objects in those animation move mm -hmm. is what brings the game yeah. to life. True, to man. Every living thing object. Mm -hmm. If I see an ocean where it just goes up and down with the waves and currents moving it around, I'm just mm. like, I will just stare out for that for hours. That's content for me. <laughs> <laughs> um if i if i look at my like my character's clothes and i can see cloth move and and it makes me feel alive like one with that character yeah. yes that that's what brings me to love mmorpgs and the fantasy worlds yeah, absolutely it's, it's a huge part of it <laughs> totally agree with that I'm like super excited about you know someone mentioned in chat too about the Tolnar outfits. Oh, I, I would actually be disappointed if some of their outfits didn't have an ambient lighting to it as well. Like if I don't see some damn Tolnar rocking like some shroom shoulders and, you know, vine cloaks or something. <laughs> Sorry. I tried to do that with a straight face, man. Nope. I, I, nope. I hit a lot of the things I say with a straight face. Um, pretty often, but yeah, sometimes I, I can't. Cool, <laughs> you hungry? He's just like that. right off the shoulder, man. Munch, munch. Wow. You know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the world of Warcraft where the shoulders are obnoxious <laughs> AF, dude. No way. Is that your druid tier six, brah? Like what? <laughs> it's so true, man. Portobello armor, well played, Black Bow. Well yeah, played. that was a good point. It was well played, man. Portobello, Portobello shoulders, man. You got them, got them in blue, ambient blue, homie. No, all right. That would be great, April Fool's cosmetic. Oh, I'm gonna read this one real quick. So I gave a comment in the Ashes official forums, a request essentially asking for fairy tree faction covenant like that is an in-game unlockable transformative racial transition, which you could transform your race to a fairy race, i.e., if you are a human male, then you could be given the possibility to turn into a fae-like creature after difficult and secret in-game quest feat of strength achievement. <laughs> like never manually manage polys and it shows it's fair very true <laughs> ain't wrong i have not <laughs> but yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool i mean it's interesting because when we we think about things like the i, I don't like a ton of like flashy armor i just want the armor to be you know well designed and, and feel like unique and not just a bunch of cookie cutter stuff be visually appealing right to make sense proportionally i mean some of those basic things i'm pretty happy with we've already seen a really good snapshot of what they're gonna have anyway um, but it is an interesting discussion because we saw them do the showcase um, which i think was probably a lumen showcase months before they actually talked about the move at ue5 mm -hmm. and they showed the turtle right and they, they show different uh, themes that they could have or, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, <laughs> let me hit this last one real quick, because this is going to probably tie into artisanship a little bit. Can I create my own original potion and keep the recipe secretly for myself? There have been some designers who have advocated for this specifically. There is a level of complexity that adds to the crafting system. I'm not opposed to that, and it's possible we may see something like that in the future. 
Oh, shit. Oh, buddy. You want to be the person with a particular recipe. It's not off the table as a possibility. Okay, that's good. That's awesome. I like hearing that. Because if that's your philosophy for potion making, it's probably also going to be for other things. Which it really does align with Master Crafter thing, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> oh no, we have as a herbalist, I want to cry. Why? That's the question I have. But anyway, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, there's pros and cons to this, obviously. But what do you think, Daedalus? I mean, I think if this is on the table yeah. in the future, like something like that in the future, um, you know, I this is where I kind of think of, OK, potentially this might be scope creep if they try to do that for launch. Or mm -hmm. this feels like something that we may see in an expansion, which I would be OK with. Like, in principle, I think this is a really cool idea. Um, it's really, in my opinion, like all about the execution and, and it, you know, how much discovery is involved in crafting in general. I mean, I, I like it because it just adds layers to the crafting system and it, it makes it more interesting than, you know, mm. buying a recipe from a vendor or getting a drop and then clicking a button and you've got something, right? I, I think it would be cool just to see like how different this custom recipe is. I mean, is it like slightly more powerful? Does it add a different effect? That kind of thing. So there's just a lot of places they could go with this. Um, and, and, and I, I do like, I do like the idea. I just, I feel like this is something that, you know, should be part of the game. Um, if they think it's going to add a ton of complexity, let's maybe look at that later versus, launch I, I i think that may be what is being alluded to when they say something like that in the future meaning post-launch yeah i would have i would have seemed so, so too so, think? so can we can we repeat the question one more time just to for me to understand like are we talking about exclusivity basil of a recipe what? this is why you don't play lost ark in the middle of a podcast homie I stopped. I swear. <laughs> He's I stopped. like, no, really. It's it's because it's late here. It's not really that. I swear. I swear <laughs> it on the precious. Okay. So the question was basically, are there gonna at some point in time in the future will it be possible that we could get a recipe for potion making that maybe only I as the potion creator have now found and have. I mean, isn't that part of the game though? Like, uh, like mm -hmm. they discussed that. Yeah, it's not up like a hundred percent, but like they said that certain recipes are going to be super hard to get and to learn, and some recipes are very uh, node related. Well, what I mean by node, like region related. Like, if I want to have this certain recipe, I need to travel all the way there to learn it over there, then go back. <laughs> That's how I, at least I remember it being. So is there exclusivity in a sense? Yes. But I mean, to that rare point of view where you only have it. Um, I don't, I don't know. Right. I don't think they like, said any of that sort. I like, I like this right here, which was to be fair, it would, it would, 
be a secret for like a day before there's a 10 minute YouTube video on how to do it. Just true. It's very true. And also like if someone can get it right, you're going to be able to get it. It's just a matter of time. And the thing is, is I, I don't see it being the case where it's like, I'm the only one that's got the pattern period. I think it could, it's more likely that we're going to see that it's like, you know, you got to be a master crafter to make this particular potion. Maybe. Right. So the exclusivity is really behind that and your willingness to go and actually earn said potion recipe, right? Like to make it to where it's so exclusive where only one person has it. Well, what, what happens if the person's not on the server playing anymore? Things like that, right? Like what if now mm. no one can get it because only one person could make it in the first place? That's nuts, man. That'd be nuts. <laughs> You get a hardcore herbalist in chat. Plants can only do so many things. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen somebody like get so up in arms and like just like hardcore about it. It's good though. It's good to see because we don't have enough hardcore herbalists around here. That's for sure. Instead, we got people spamming. We got hardcore uh, ninja looter people in the chat, but we don't have hardcore herbalism chat. We need more hardcore herbalism homies. Okay, and less of y'all painting fair, fake narratives about the individual known as Morg. Anyway. I see there's a clip. Repeat the question. We're just catching Faisal, right? It, to be fair, it's really late where Faisal's at. He's always on his way out. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like, I legit, like, either press up on this chair or the holy bed. <laughs> Hell yes. Let's go. So, all right. Here's our, here's going to be our final topic for the evening, right? Right? Ninja looters. Can they be friends? Go. I mean, friends with benefits? It's not the real question. It's not the real question. <laughs> hey, there's what? always benefits when you're my friend, homies. You know what I mean? It's not because of Ninja Looter stuff. I'm sorry. Well, this escalated quickly. <laughs> it's not because I loot everybody's shit. I swear. It's not because I got a bag full of fun stuff I've jacked from other people. I swear it. No. That's not really the question, although maybe it's the subtext of the question, subtext to the question. No, actually, I saw a comment on the on the Ashes Reddit recently about and it's, it's I've seen this one before. We saw it back around Alpha One and help me out here. Like, I'm just show a hands comments on the YouTube video later, uh, drop into our discord and let me know like legit legit. I actually want to, I really want some feedback around this. I've seen some people actually talking about the fact that they, they feel as if, um, yeah, they basically feel as if the character compared to the world, when it comes to the ashes world, that the character is too small, that the player character, they said it in alpha one, They've been saying it about the development live streams. I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious. What is it? Does anybody else here feel that way? You mean in terms of scale, you mean? Yeah, like the player character compared to the size of the world. I don't see it. Is it just I mean, me? I don't either. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, either. Uh, actually, I, I, I think I see where, where he's talking. Maybe he's talking about APOC because if you would look no. at APOC very closely and buildings, True. you would look at the character like he would hit the top True. of the door. 
the character uh, was too big in that situation. I felt like. I think the environment is small. Small. To the character. True. Yes. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Even the castles. I agree. Mean, yeah. So, if he's talking about Epoch, sure. Mm. But that's. Uh, I think they changed it in Alpha One, which they made it bigger. I think they could make it a tad a, a bit bigger, more, and it would actually feel perfect. Um, they're they're saying they think the world's too big compared to the player character, which I don't. I mean, I prefer a large scale. I like, do too. At the end of the day, because it yeah. it makes it feel more. I don't need the word isn't immersive. It just I just like the grander scale. I like to be able to walk into an area and have it be like grandiose and you know. Plus, I just, it's a lonely fantasy world. I want to see a big ass tree. I want to <laughs> see a tree. <laughs> oh, so, so, I'm sorry. I just read a comment chat that just big ass plants, big ass mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, dude. I I guess I just don't see it. I prefer the fantasy world to feel grand and large. And I I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I guess I guess maybe because a part of me. I like to look at the world. I mean, I actually really enjoy when I look at a mountain. I'm like, oh, my God, that is freaking massive, dude. I'm not climbing that in five seconds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I look up and I feel the scale of the world because imagine you go to a place in in our world. I'm not making a direct comparison, but there are some very grand sights to see. Right. Like you go to like the Grand Canyon, you look down, you're gonna be like, oh, shit, that that's a that's a fall. Right, like I don't want to fall down there. It's mm-hmm. epic when you see it, and I feel very—I would feel very small in comparison to something so so grand. Now, I'm not saying over the top here, but I think things like having large trees is pretty awesome. We have some massive trees in our world too, um, you know. It, and then I look at like the the you know like the cities and stuff or the towns that were that you know would spawn in uh and would evolve in um in the uh, testing environment alpha one and I was like I kind of feel like they could be bigger. I still do. I still feel like they could be a little bit bigger. Um, but see, then then it's like are we talking about props and assets versus the world itself and the terrain? I just don't see it. Maybe it's because I appreciate a, a massive world a massive fantasy world i like things that you know it's a huge environment you look around and you're like wow i feel like i'm lo- gonna get lost in this massive magical world um but maybe it's just me so i've seen, but it's not the first time i've seen that comment i've seen it multiple t- multiple times since uh alpha one testing and almost almost what nine nine ten months or whatever it's been something like that yeah, I, i'm just wondering what the the issue is with that. I mean, I I didn't catch the post, right? So I'll yeah, have to play a little I've bit. Yeah, I've got of it here. here. I can, yeah, I can totally read it here, and I can actually read it right now. But I, I just, I guess I'm not really sure what it is about that is problematic. Like, is it? Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah, mean? That's, that's where I'm at, actually. Yeah. Like, even if that is the case, they said. So one of the big things in the game that always bothered me is how the player character looks like he doesn't belong in the world. Which I'm like. I don't get it. I don't, I'm trying to legitimately understand the perspective. True, real talk. I really am. You can see in every showcase, for example, just look at the newest UE5 video. I don't know how to explain it correctly, but player just looks out of place and too small compared to the surroundings. I know people understand what I mean. 
It's pretty easy to see. I was just wondering if they've ever recognized it's a thing. There's so much community feedback they work on. It's understandable that not everything can reach their ears. As long as they know about it, we're good. You see what I mean? Maybe, but I don't know. I was going to say is basically maybe he means that everything is just too big and nothing's mm. of the same size or smaller than the, than a character. Maybe that's where he's coming from. But then there is actual monsters that are smaller than the character. Way smaller too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but then I thought about the dwarf. Mm. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> but I mean. Mm -hmm. I think I think the scale of things is based on humans at this point, not just dwarves or like you, I don't think we're going to take the smallest character or the biggest character to compare the buildings. I don't, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe the only thing I can think of is jumping oh, off God, of yeah. what um, Faisal said is there's maybe like they they're not seeing like. You mean maybe a variety in the scale, right? Which is you, you might have maybe like more kind of intimate areas of the world where there's maybe smaller taverns. So it's almost like, again, a small town. And I guess that mm. to me where the node system comes in, because you're going to have at some point, right? You're going to have metro mm. metropolises, but not everything is going to be a metropolis, right? So you're going to have that scale in that sense. Um, but I think in general, like, I agree with you, Sam, like, the, the environment, it's important for me um, that the environment does, you know, give me a sense of being in a world. And I don't know any place that I've ever been, right? There's areas where, you know, I, I, I feel like, okay, this is like, this is how like a normal town or city would be. And there's other areas like, this is a huge place. This is a you know, big mountain range in the distance and so on. It just, it feels like a world to me. So I haven't seen that. Mm. I would, I would like to see maybe some examples of what is being referred to. Cause I yeah, watched same. that, that UE5 video and at mm. no point did I think, Hey, this place is too big and it doesn't seem in proportion to yeah. the character. Yeah. Like crouch in the cave, like even compared to the creatures, even on mm -hmm. the, on the dragon we saw or the Drake, the canopy, uh, you know, I, I just don't see it. I just, I genuinely don't, don't see it. I think that's a good, I think that's a good reference point. So, I mean, there are people I know that do have that perspective. And I, I think that if people that do hear this, you know, watch these videos, whatever, if, if you've got that same perspective, if you could like do us a solid um, and just like maybe make some, you know, take some snapshots and be like, yo, this is what I'm talking about or something. Um, because I think it's important. Yeah, I think it is important. But anyway, I know we're getting ready to wind down for our evening, friends. Uh, with that being said, I think references are important. Snapshots are important. If they can get a snapshot of the particular things that they're talking about, um, then I think it can help a lot, especially if you're sending that to the developers, because um, they're definitely going to want to know exactly what it is because it needs to be measurable, right? They need some data. They need some reference points. And uh, I think I do, too, because I'm just like, I don't even know, man. I really don't. I mean, even even if you don't know how to say it in words, don't always say it, like, send us a message via voice to explain it. Because I myself, are, I'm not as well in in saying stuff in words. Truth. And I'm good at uh, saying stuff 
in w- yeah. words of the mouth. And I'm totally making this very. <laughs> These are the moments. <laughs> words of the mouth. Oh my God. I got to get that phase of real rolling scene. I really do. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful, dude. <laughs> I... No, I, I t- t- totally understand. Look, we're going to we're going to wind this one down. We've got another week coming up here. I've got some pretty solid reference points that um, we're going to be talking about next time. We're going to be a little less on the discussion around the development uh, outlines of the Q&A, um, a little bit less focused on those particular things uh, specifically and more around community feedback, thoughts, questions. Um, I have one here, which we're going to kind of set this in in y'all's mind, right? Plant the seeds, so to speak, now, and let you all think about this between now and next time, okay? And it's talking about raid tier, okay? Thinking about raid tier and and thinking about boss drops, thinking about the legendary drops, crafting materials, things like that, um, the prestige that's attached to raid achievements. Start thinking about that domain. There's a, a post on the forums about it. It was February 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right here and possible legendary is one of the ones. So I want you to kind of gear your minds up for that one specifically, because that is definitely going to be a discussion point that we're going to be referencing on the next show, probably with some other ones as well. I've got a video. I'm not going to say what it is yet, but I want you to look for it. It's going to be by probably Wednesday, Tuesday, when, no, probably Wednesday, Right, I'm going to be putting an Ashes talk out, and it's going to be relating to character development and combat. So be sure to chime in on that one because this is also going to tie into discussing things around rating tiers, uh, combat, uh, those all those elements related to situational awareness, and uh, you know all the mechanics that relate to combat and and rating things like that. So, with that being said. Put a pen in it, check it out. We'll be referencing it next week. And on that note, let's go in and shout out or have our homies here shout out their domains where you can find them when they're not on the show. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash the Ashen Herald. And Faisal. You guys can watch me on Twitch as Faisal108. And on and you guys can find me on Twitter as Bagel108. And friends, I'm going to encourage you to join us in discord.gg forward slash simorg to catch up with our community, to have more engaging conversations around some of these uh, systems and, uh, you know, elements of the game pillars that we've been talking about today. Um, always much love to all of you that can make it. Always encourage you that if you're not here when we're live, you definitely should check it out. You just miss out on a big piece of the community engagement and discussion that goes on uh, while we are live. Also, recruiting for knights of the phoenix that's right i've got a new guild that's rolling now so if you're interested in joining just hit me up on discord the announcement's up there too we'll start recruiting in some of the more public ashes channels in the near future but if you're looking for a good solid community it is the guild for the pathfinders for ashes hq for all of us around this central flame right here right and uh friends might be at the end of today's show but In closing, got to remind all of you, whether you're listening to us on the podcast places, whether you're here with us live, catch us on YouTube, right? You're an Ashes Pathfinder as well. So much love to all of you, to Intrepid Studios. And until next week, live your best lives, walk in the light, and have a great night, friends. We'll see you again real soon. Night, everybody.
Take care, everybody.